We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friend. I don't know about you, but I feel I have a pretty great relationship with my dreams. I've found the more I pay attention to my dreams, the more I find they not only entertain me, but also direct me, teach me, inform me, and guide me. In fact, I've gotten to the point I rarely make an important decision in my life without first consulting with my dreams. I love the power of dreaming and the opportunity to learn more about how we can get the most from them. So I'm thrilled to have a dream expert here with us today, Dr. Katherine Shainberg. Dr. Shainberg is a psychologist, teacher, healer, and the founder of the School of Images. She has been in uh, traditional practices for a modern medical context for over 40 years and teaches workshops internationally. Additionally, Dr. Shainberg is the author of the book Dream Birth and the book Kabbalah and the Power of Dreaming. In this book, Dr. Shainberg unveils the esoteric practices that allow us to unlock the dreaming mind's transformative and intuitive powers. Practices that have been used by ancient prophets, seers, and sages to control dreams and visions. Dr. Schoenberg teaches us that dreaming is not something that merely takes place while we're sleeping, but that we are actually dreaming in every moment. By training the conscious mind to be awake in our sleeping dreams and the dreaming mind to be made manifest in daytime awareness, we are able to achieve revolutionary consciousness. So Dr. Shainberg, thanks for being here today on Empower Radio. I'm glad to be there. So I love dreams, and this is a very fascinating subject for so many reasons. So tell me why you wrote Kabbalah and the Power of Dreaming. Well, I think you said it just earlier. I wrote it because people think that Dreams are a little segment of their life, and they, they, if they're lucky, they can have access to them. But in fact, we're dreaming all the time. And so we can have access to them more, uh, more than just at, at, the, at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, think of it like the moon. The moon is there at night. We see it very resplendent, and then it kind of disappears. If we look, we may have a faint... Uh, image of the moon in the sky during the day. Well, dreaming is exactly like that. We're always dreaming. It's a way that the that your brain thinks. It thinks in two ways: one with with words, and another one with forms and images, and putting these forms together <clears throat> to to enlighten us. So I wrote the book um, to show that there's a whole process. Uh, of enlightenment that can happen through developing and working with your dream, with your dreaming. And we do both of these things. We study the night dream, but we also um, interact with it during the day in very short, very precise ways. And then we also um, can have visions during the day that can be called forth if we know how to do that. So we're always, always dreaming, and when we've gone through a certain training, um, and many people do it just naturally, 
um, they are able to see their dreaming mind in the daytime while they're also conscious and uh, 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 living in the daytime reality. I've never heard it quite put like that. I um, do guided meditations and I support people, you know, and uh, in going into the inner realities and accessing information from the subconscious mind. But it sounds like you're bringing it even more into the forefront in our conscious waking lives. Yes. Well, let's say you meet somebody at a cocktail party. And if you are aware of your dreaming, or even if you're not, it will happen to a lot of people. They have an image. And let's say that the image is, uh, to make it dramatic, uh, a dark uh, cloud over that person. That already informs us, and we have to remember that the word inform contains the word form. So information has form in it. So if I see, let's say, a dark cloud over that person, it already informs me that there's a problem here. Mm. And if I take it seriously, if I, if I understand that this is not fantasy, but it is really the, another way that my body, that my mind and body talk to me. People are so attached to words and language that, that they've forgotten that their senses talk, talk, the senses talk to us all the time. And they have a, a, a whole area of the brain, which is a more, more ancient brain, that speaks to us in images. Yeah, we definitely have more than just uh, one sense, you know, to become multi-sensory, I think, is so empowering. And to trust um, our intuition, that has been quite a journey for me. I would shrug it off and think I was just um, remiss. But our intuition, I think, is such a valuable tool. And I feel like um, the dreams can support us in accessing that in a deeper fashion. Is, is that your belief as well? Oh, Totally. But, but again, intuition is a part of that uh, uh, language that I'm talking to you about mm -hmm. because the, the intuition can come to you in the form of I'm suddenly cold when I walk into this room. Mm -hmm. Or it can come to us as stop, even a word. But, um, or it'll come to us in a red color that says stop. Um, so intuition is is the way that the body-mind talks to us, not in a, a logical, rational way, but in a very pregnant and powerful way through images and, and through sensations. Hmm. You're giving me a lot to think about. <laughs> you know, The Course in Miracles says the rules of this world are 180 degrees away from the rules of you know, the universe or spirit. But it right. seems to me you're blending these worlds. You're opening our minds to far greater possibilities than we may perceive just walking around in our normal beta brainwave state. No, I, th I think she's right. It's 180 degrees away in mm -hmm. the sense in which it's like a mirror image. Mm -hmm. When you're dreaming, it's the mirror image of your everyday life. The everyday life is outside. You, your eyes are open. You're... you're engaged in the world outside. Um, the dreaming world is the inner vision. You turn, you turn your senses inward and you experience the inner vision. So that's 180 degrees away. And it, it is it a is. mirror image, if you want. 
And it has a great advantage, which is that what you see in the daytime is one thing, and it's very much uh, influenced by social norms and, and ways of thinking of, of your environment. And, but the dream world is not working that way at all. It's working right. with um, body sensations. It's working with an inner a knowledge that is not influenced by social, cultural ways of thinking. So it, it, it short circuits if you want the more rational causal mind, and it's going to show you things that the um, this rational mind will not necessarily show you. For example, you're going, uh, um, you're you're meeting a man. Uh, it's a it's a first date, and he's perfect for you. He's got the right car. He's dressed the right way. He looks perfectly uh, acceptable, and so forth. That's your rational mind saying that, and society is applauding. But your body, your inner. And when I use body, I mean a whole sensory experience may say, "Mm hmm." There's something here that uh, that doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. and that's your your dreaming mind. So it is in 180 degrees away. It's the reverse of your outside world. It's your mm-hmm. inner world. And I love that the the title titles of my books are from the inside out, manifesting from the inside out. So it really is to me about taking responsibility for our inner realms, paying more attention to that, making that more important than what we perceive going on outside of us. Because that's just a mirror. You don't want to be too consumed with that. You well, you don't want to be responsibility. too consumed. You don't mm-hmm. want to be not consumed with that because you could walk into a table and hurt yourself because you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you make do a good point. want to be able to... Uh, for these two worlds to coexist. So when I train students, and I've trained thousands of them, when I train them, I really train them to see their dreaming so that they not only see it at night as dreams, and these are very important uh, uh, cutouts, if you want, like pop-ups, I call them. Mm-hmm. They're pops, pop-ups in the, in the ocean of the subconscious. But you can have those pop-ups in the daytime, too. So anything that, you know, that, that your body and mind are going through at, at the time in your daily life may suddenly provoke that inner uh, sensory world, which is the world of dreaming, and then something will pop up and maybe show you uh, a truth that you were not able to see with your rational brain. Or, or the, the, the senses that you've turned to the outside world. Mm-hmm. The senses that are turned inside seem to be much more accurate and truthful. Mm-hmm. But most of us don't give a lot of credit or credence to our inner realms. We weren't, most of us weren't raised to uh, pay attention to that or... Um, even consider our lives from that perspective. So for me, there's been a lot of unlearning to start opening to the philosophies that you're talking about. It's been a really interesting journey. Right. You definitely do have to learn to quieten your, your 
to make it simple, I'll call it the right brain and the left brain. Okay, that makes um, sense. It's certainly not the best way to do it, but it's to simplify and quicken things. Mm-hmm. The left brain is your causal, rational brain. You live in the consciousness of your everyday life. You live in the, in the left brain. Mm-hmm. But, in, but in fact, the right brain is a, the dreaming. So um, even if you were not to be aware of it, it would nevertheless be, um, be, be there for you. And you could access it if you were to pay attention. So tell me again what you were asking because... I think that was fantastic. And I think you gave us a language. I mean, that really helped me comprehend what you were talking about because I get it, the left brain, right brain. And so I think that's very helpful. I mean, that's given me an opportunity. It's like, oh, what does my right brain think about this right now? It's like kind of taking me to an altered state. (laughs) Actually, that's a very nice, easy, quick way to do it. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I like being over there. Well, you know, you walk into an office and you see the, you know, the office furniture and the people sitting behind a desk. But you can ask, well, what is your, my right brain thinking about this? And it may then become a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> How the, the right brain talks to us. It, it makes, uh, I hate the word association because... It's been kind of misused in, in the psychological world, but it makes a kind of a shortcut in which it trans- yeah, yeah. translates, if you want, into a sensory experience like a bouquet of flowers, um, the knowledge that your body really has. And we've forgotten our body is so powerfully knowledgeable. Yes. I call it a tuning fork. We pay attention. Right. We are. We are tuning folk. We're a radar picking, picking up all the information around. Yes. So much information that we can't put it in words. It's much faster to put it in an image. You know yes. what they And I do say, know our subconscious is- mind speaks in the language of symbols. So I'm really, uh, I really enjoy that language. I teach classes around. It's like, what is this, the healing symbol that comes forward for you right now? What's the symbol for your highest good right now? I think that's such a fascinating language to start exploring and playing with. Well, I would, I would uh, quibble about the word symbol. And I have a reason for that because, you know, when the bouquet of flowers appears in my mind, it's an experience. It's a sensory experience. So it's not a symbol. It's really a... Um, how do you say, yeah, a profound experience that, that I see the bouquet. Mm-hmm. I see the colors of the, the, the flowers and so forth. I don't see it as representing something else. I really see it as this is what I feel. <laughs> so I don't call it a symbol. Okay. All right. It's another way of looking at it. So, yeah, I feel like we're going higher. <laughs> we're going to higher realms of... Uh, like I see a penthouse, like we're going up to the penthouse now. So it's different. The, the view looks different up here. It's very interesting. You see, the moment you say symbol, you've become a left brainer. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I'm, I'm simply uh, quibbling about that. You're not the left brainer when you see the bouquet of flowers or the penthouse. No, you you're right. You see it. The moment you say it's a symbol or representation of something else, you're in the left brain. Okay. And I haven't put lost, it together like that before. 
What's that? I haven't I haven't considered it like that before. So you're giving me some new um, opportunities for to consider um, and and expand. I think expand in my awareness of um, the the thoughts and concepts. It's like opening that space between the left brain and the right brain. What's that called? The corpus callosum. Corpus callosum. Yes. Callosum. Okay. Yes. So and something you write about in chapter two that I think is very interesting and could be very helpful. You talk about um, our inner vision being clouded. We need to set up our life plan and our inner vision is clouded. How can we start to clear up those clouds? You see, if you have had a very traumatic experience, what are you going to remember? You're going to remember the smell of the room, the sound of the voice, the pain in your leg, whatever it was that that was part of that traumatic experience. And that... um, needs to be cleared out of the landscape of your right brain. If it's not cleared out, it stays. It's like, you know, the, the garbage that's on the ocean these days. Because we throw a lot of garbage into the ocean. Mm-hmm. If we do nothing, the garbage stays and floats on the ocean. So it's the same with us. Let's say your best friend told you you were... Uh, and uh, betrays you and tells you you're an imbecile. Everything about the place where it happened, the sound of her voice and so forth, becomes part of that landscape of your right brain. Mm -hmm. Because the right brain um, is like the ocean. It's not going to be able to clean up. It doesn't know how. The left brain knows how. And that's where we begin the dialogue between the two brains. This is the most exciting part of, of, you know, it's not only I have a dream, but what do I do if I have a nightmare? How do I use my, my conscious mind to deal with this? If I say, oh, it was only a dream, um, well, the dream goes back into the ocean of my subconscious and is never dealt with. It'll come back. It's going to haunt me. Yes. If, on the, on the contrary, I say, thank you, Ocean, for showing me there was garbage there, let me come and clean it up. And the way that one cleans it up is by looking at the images and starting to respond to the necessity of the image. So let's say you have a nightmare in which somebody is knocking at the door. And you wake up terrified because you have no idea what this intruder is about. Um, If in your conscious mind, then you take precautions, you uh, surround yourself with light or, um, yeah, that's a good one. You you take the precautions you need, you open the, the door and you meet that image that is trying to knock at your consciousness. Then, um... You can start to find out what is really bothering you. Because this is how your right brain talks to you. It talks to you by sending you newsreel. So this is your newsreel, the man who's banging at the door. To give you an example, I had a, a friend who had had a repetitive dream like that for years and years and years and years. And um, it was somebody running after him. And he would wake him up every night. So when he came to me, we did a very short, okay, one minute exercise 
protect yourself, you've got a shield, you've got a gun, whatever you needed, right? Turn around. Now, this man who was running after him was a Gestapo uh, policeman. Um, the, the, the man that, the, that my friend was a, a Jew during the Second World War, he, had, he and his family had been pursued. He sees the Gestapo man, and the man looks at him and says, Finally, I've waited all these years for you to turn around and speak to me. <laughs> oh. In the exercise, the, the, you know, the right brain of this person, the feeling brain of this person was able to meet, you know, with the conscious brain and say, well, I've knocked on your door, I've ran after you, I've tried to get your attention for years, finally, there we are, now we can shake hands and I'll walk away. And that's what happened. So the man walked away. And so the fear, the latent fear that this man had had all his life simply disappeared. It reminds me of the saying, what we resist persists. So yeah, turn around, ask it what it wants, pay attention, and then it doesn't have to chase after us any longer. That kind of makes exactly. sense. So, so when I'm saying that, the, that there are clouds on the ocean or garbage on the ocean, it's part of our uh, sensory right brain, picking things up, but it doesn't know how to get rid of them. Right. That's what the right brain is. It's a great radar. Hmm. It's so uh, huge. It's like it contains huge, huge amounts of, of information. And, yes. Um, this is how dreams are made, night dreams. You know, different pieces of information again form it's like a puzzle suddenly it puts together a 3d puzzle and you've got a dream and the dream is responding to whatever it is that you're you're struggling with at the time or or looking for because you have to remember that the body the mind are always looking for balance yes always I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah looking to find some um, yeah, some uh, good balance between the many contradictions that we live with from the past, from the present, from possible future stuff. So um, coming together that way, the dream then answers our difficulties by yes. presenting us with a scenario or forms, right? So, for example, if we get a bouquet of flowers and it's a beautiful bouquet with beautiful colors and really good smells, then the dream is saying, it's all fine. You are fine here. It's actually going to be very good for you. But if the dream appears in a dark street with somebody running after you, it's trying to say to you, you've got some emotional baggage you haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. And the, what happens with most people is that they've never learned some of the basic tools, which are the tools of how to respond to the necessity of your dream. I was in Japan uh, uh, two years ago, and I met their great master of the yin-yang lineage. And they do the same thing with the dream. If one of his students has a bad dream, 
he comes to see the master and he sells the dream to the master. The master then sells him back a good dream. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's the way that they deal with it. That's fantastic. Yes, it is. Well, and isn't that what we want (laughs) when you get right down to it? Of course. And then that enters into the, the, the dreaming mind and becomes part of the dreaming mind. The ocean is cleaned out. Um, so, Dr. Schamberg, we have to wrap it up here, but I want you to tell people how they can get a hold of you, get a hold of your book. You have a new book out called Dream Birth, Transforming the Journey of Childbirth Through Imagery. So how can people uh, find out more about you and get a copy of these works? Well, they can go on our website, which is school of image, com, And then, of course, the books are on Amazon. Um, or they can get them on our store. Um, I teach here in New York, but I teach all over the country, and uh, I travel a lot and teach in many countries in the world. I feel like you are definitely a very, very wise woman. I feel like I could spend a lot of time just listening to you and learning from you. I've really enjoyed um, our time together and very, very honored to have you on the show. And um, would love to have you back sometime if you're available. Maybe I can talk about dream birth, about how I, to... Yeah, we'll get you back, and, and I wanted to touch on that, but the time has gone so quickly, we're going to have to, I think, um, schedule another conversation, because that looks like a pretty interesting conversation to have as well. I think it looks like an important subject. Yes, it's how to give birth consciously, using your dreaming, which is very powerful. Yeah, that sounds incredible. So, yes, we will continue the conversation. And to my listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you're having a wonderful dream today. And if you want to get a hold of me, questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, TammyBPHD.com. Would love to hear from you. So take care of yourself. God bless you. Love from my heart to yours. Bye for now.